Welcome to In the Spotlight with Amy Scrubs, where we feature great artists, entrepreneurs, community leaders, and well, anyone that should have that moment to share their story in the spotlight. Welcome to another episode of In the Spotlight with Amy Scruggs, and I have a fantastic guest for you. This is the one and only Jimmy Yeary. He is making quite a stir in the bluegrass genre as a recording artist. He's out there. His music is just epic. You want to check it out, but we get to have a conversation with him right here today. Jimmy, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Now, I'm a fan, just you know, first of all, and there's a lot to talk about when following you. You've got just so many great things going on, so much fun music, but I want to step back a little bit further to young Jimmy Yuri, and let's talk about when music began for you and what that was like. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it started out in southeastern Ohio, um, which is uh, was nothing but cornfields and, and guilt. It was just... It was just, we sang in church. Every time there was a church open, it, it seemed like we were in it. And yeah, so it was, it was, it was the gospel, uh, a Southern gospel-y, uh, mountain-y kind of uh, country music. Um, and, and uh, you know, and then I like to say quickly that I, my, my papa always had yard sales and he never sold anything because he overpriced everything. But uh, I made $2.50 pulling weeds off and, uh, f uh, for a neighbor went over, couldn't wait to spend my money and sp spent, he, uh, he, he gave me a quarter off, which was historic, uh, of a tape of Billy Joel. I took it home. I played it. I didn't know who Billy Joel was. I just was so happy it was mine. But once I heard Billy Joel, I'm like, I've got to, uh, uh, all music must be this good. And it's not, but I, but it was just, uh, I, I was like, I've got to be a songwriter one day. So, I mean, literally that was the seed that, that sort of, uh, started my journey of wanting to create, uh, songs. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a fun story. Now, what about instruments? When did you first pick up any instruments? I picked, uh, taught bug dad, my dad to death about getting me a guitar. And because he played him, he, he would play for, 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 for he and mom in church. And then I would just, please, please, please. He finally got me a little dinky red guitar. Uh, for, uh, and I just, I, and I, be, I begged him for, for chords. He wrote it down on paper. I went and learned it, came back, played better than he did. So then I started playing for, for him and mom in, in, in little churches. And that's how that all started as well. Yeah. Eight years old. I that believe. is. Yeah. That's fantastic. I as well, I, I started music at three, playing piano by five. So I understand that just starting so young and being instilled in you yeah. and growing up singing in the churches, it just becomes a part of everything that we know. But so much came yeah. from that. I think you probably learned a lot about yourself by starting that way, don't you think, as an artist and as a person? Absolutely. You know, you, you I really felt that music. I really loved it and still love it. It's uh, um, I'm still rooted in a great deal of faith and I'm married to Sonia Isaacs. Yuri, so with Isaac, so I'm I'm kind of drenched in that world. But I, I, I sincerely, it taught me as a kid the um, a level of emotional maturity to, that it was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to to write about you know because you you can write a song about some pretty serious deep subjects. Yes, and and present them to people. And people are receptive as opposed to just getting up and starting to talk about a subject. So, so I learned that pretty early that, you know, I could really, I could, uh, you know, uh, my head was the same size then as it is now. So I couldn't get a girlfriend, but in the songs I was writing, I was the best looking little kid in the room. So, so it was really neat to be able to, to create, to feel something. And then other people seem to feel what I felt. 
And, and that was pretty neat to see that connection, uh, a relationship that was formed through. I always go back to songwriting because that's, that's just what got it all started. I, I was writing way before I ever found out you could do this right. uh, you know, for when a living. Did you write the first song? What was it? Oh. Um, it was some guilt. Yes, I do. And it's sort of embarrassing. But it was, uh, you know, again, raised in a very uh, fire brimstone uh, upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was at eight that uh, I was going to hell because the preacher said if you made fun of people, you couldn't didn't go to heaven and I was unwilling not to make fun of my sister. So, so I remember writing a song called, um, get away from me devil or something like that. You know, oh, little churches. Yeah. So I, was your influence I remember at the time. That was fantastic. Right. Yeah. So I got up, dad said, you got to sing this in front of everybody. So I did. And, but I, yeah, it, it was, uh, and, and also singing, you know, I enjoyed the, the art of songwriting, but found out pretty early that I could, I could sing and and enjoyed it very much and and uh, yeah so so when did it become a phase where you were not just singing in the church but you said this is what i'm doing for a living let's talk about that transition when you got that first paycheck for singing yeah well i didn't uh, see a paycheck for you know for a long time um you know my dad died young right before i graduated high school i mean oh. i moved to I moved to Richmond, Virginia because I had an uncle there. I started some bands. I was uh, just shy of 18. I mean, right out of high school. Wow. And, and just started bands and started playing um, uh, 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 the surrounding states and cities. You know, trying to just trying to – I'm not sure what I was trying to do. I would write songs during the day um, and was getting an education on – on, cr- on craziness uh, uh, during that period, just kind of living aimlessly, didn't really have a target, didn't know what my end result was necessarily going to be, just knew that I loved music, made made some okay money, but nothing um, at all, you know, and, uh, but I mean, eventually, and uh, moved to Nashville at 24, wow. and, and it made less money. So, but that had to be quite a transition going from Ohio, you said Virginia, and then now over to Nashville. What was that like yeah. when you stepped in Nashville? I remember what it was like when I first stepped in Nashville. What was that like? Yeah. For me, it was different than it was for a lot of people because I was so, uh, I would love to say I was so mature, but I just wasn't. I was, it's, it's, you know, there wasn't a lot of structure in my upbringing. Honestly, and so there wasn't really a great deal of struggle. I just never quite knew. It took me a while to start uh, picking targets out and and really looking at the end first, and and so that I could better know my steps along the way. So I just remember I don't. I just I sold a guitar. I I knew a couple people. I moved here. I didn't know how I was going to survive over a week, but I'm like, it can't be any worse than kind of what I'm doing. I mean, all I'm doing is living in Richmond, Virginia, playing bars till four in the morning, and and, and spending all my my money on whiskey. So oh, yeah. I very <laughs> in Nashville. That's totally accomplishable in, in Nashville. <laughs> oh my goodness. So so yeah, when I moved to Nashville, you know, because I, I you know I wasn't this great guy. I wasn't really. Um, uh, socially spiritually emotionally uh sound at all so i was just kind of aimlessly going around but i played you know when i got to nashville uh, i played downtown for probably like 10 years i'm playing downtown all these bars but and starting to establish myself getting a little dinky publishing deal so i know moving forward a little bit yeah, yeah but finally got the publishing deal 
um, not the greatest publishing deal, but it was somebody that would pay me a little bit of money to write songs for them. They believed I had something to offer uh, in my songs. And, and uh, until I finally got that first kind of big break um, as a writer, um, which uh, if I can go ahead and tell you, I will. Please. But uh, yeah, I was, I was playing um, a, a place called 12th and Porter uh, downtown Nashville. And, and I, I'd had a couple little minor cuts, nothing serious, but there was a guy there. There was Joe Diffie was in the audience yeah, well, and Joe yeah. Diffie were well, one of my just heroes. And yeah. I did not know, I didn't know he was there, but he had heard from somebody that he had heard a demo I did. And so he came and he hid in the back and he listened to my set. And then he came up to me after the show and he introduced himself and I about passed out. I couldn't believe it. And he said, I just want you to know I'm cutting two of the songs you sang tonight. Wow. Like, no, you're not. And he said, I am. Watch. And he did. And one, and so one was the single, his next single, and the other was the B-side to that single back when there were B-sides. But, yes. uh, and it was a, a, a top 10, uh, went to nine, I think, uh, spent almost a year on the radio with In Another World. And that was really his last. Yes. That, that was his last top 10 uh, that he had. And, but yeah, that kind of, you know, they say that once somebody broke the four minute mile, then suddenly, miraculously, 11 other people did it over the course of the next 18 months. Right, right. Once you know that you, you're not horrible and you actually can do this, that's what happened. I just went, okay, here I go. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, it was a game changer. That's incredible. Yeah. See, that's such a fun story. And that's what we all want to hear. And we you, that, you know, you had your 10 year overnight success there with the song. Like, yeah, <laughs> and that's a great right. thing to put out there, too, because you don't just show up and the next day everything happens. You've really yeah. got to put in that time and you are living proof of paying your dues, putting in the time day after day after day after day. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about bluegrass, because yeah. your roots in bluegrass, your sound in bluegrass is just incredible. Let's talk about that genre, what it means to you and what you love what you love about it. Yeah, I just, you know, I was raised uh, loving Ricky Skaggs more than anything in the world. Yes. Um, and, and I just loved, uh, and, and living in Virginia, of course, I was going to the Amelia Festival, the Virginia Beach Festivals, and all these uh, um, great bluegrass festivals in, in the surrounding area. I just found, found a great deal of joy um, in the people, in the music, at these bluegrass festivals. So when I'm living in Richmond, again, I'm 19, 20 years old at one point, and I'm living with a, an old guy named Junior Harden, and he's got every record, um, you know, bluegrass record, and that's all the guy listens to. And and so I really was became um, just just absolutely drenched in that in that music and bluegrass. Always loved it. Was always raised around some level of bluegrass, um, but I just I just it just made me feel so good. And, and, and there was a, a stint there during that time when the Lonesome River Band had Dan Taminsky and, and, and uh, Ronnie Bowman, and, and they were just at the height of, of bluegrass. And then Dan Taminsky, who I didn't know at the time, went with Allison Krauss. And so then I got a call from Sammy Sheeler, who was the, um, um, uh, one of the original members, the banjo player, and called me and said, hey, I played with him in bands uh, a, a year prior. And he said, hey, can you want to try out for this group? So 
I went, I didn't know Manlin, but I spent two months trying to learn it and played a, a and played several shows with him. Uh, but wow. Dan, Dan Dominski is one of the greatest mandolin players in the world. So no matter what I could do, I could never live up to that. But he ended up, but during that course, Allison Krauss called me out of the blue, didn't know me from anybody and wanted me to try out for her band. But in the interim, Dan comes back to the Lonesome River Band. Oh. But, but it was like, that was another um, kind of scene in this crazy movie where yes. I just thought, wait, wait a minute, I could do this? Yes. Um, I was... I was ill-prepared, but it made me, it taught me a lesson to become more prepared for opportunity. So it was a good lesson. How has your sound and your voice and your signature evolved over the last years? Oh, you know, I, when I first came to Nashville, I sounded, they told me I sounded too bluegrass. So it was like, that's, oh. that really, chasing a bluegrass deal, everybody was like, you just don't know anybody. So I just had this sort of raspy voice that came off clear and, and blue, bluegrassy. And um, yeah, so which is kind of wild that, um, you know, the first single I had in bluegrass was a song called Bone Dry, which was a single for me on Atlantic Records, which I eventually got a record deal uh, with, with Bone Dry. And it was released to radio. And then the day it was released, uh, two weeks uh that it was re released to radio which would have been a, the official radio release i got dropped because a new president came in at atlantic records and dropped oh, everybody good yeah, and grief well wow, i know yeah wow. so but then move all these years uh forward that was in 97 i believe 98 and then and then to move forward all this time and then go hey yeah i'll put out bone dry as a bluegrass song sure that'd be, that'd be. which is really i mean which uh is my first love i just you know Always trying to sound country, but always being bluegrass. Right, to Come right. back and be able to, it's just, but uh, well, just I grew up a bunch it. too. Your sound well, is incredible. I, you own it. There's no question. How many projects, you. how many recording projects have you done? What's that process been like for you? I haven't done a lot. I honestly, you know, when, when, uh, with, with, when Billy Droz had asked me, uh, we've been buddies for years and he's always like, Hey man, you need to come over and do a, a bluegrass record. And I'm just like, I'm just two. I got three kids. I got Sonya Isaac's on the road all the time. Um, I speak a bunch and do a lot of teaching, a lot of corporate stuff. I, 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 I write like crazy. I'm doing demos. Um, uh, it's just was a lot of, uh, but he made it seem fun and easy and it has been. And, and so it was his idea to go, Hey, this bone dry song. I mean, this has got to be, um, the song to do. I kind of forgot the original, uh, uh question, but how's it evolved? Yes. What'd you ask me again? I'm sorry. Yeah. Just yeah, about so, the project you've done and, and, and oh yeah, all the projects. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so this is really like, uh, I mean, aside from it, it always seemed like I had a project in the works, something would come about it was never like a huge like i have to finish this project and make sure everybody hears me it was never i never felt like that this this project felt really fun for me um i you know and so that's what made me want to do it and and billy makes me better i i love he lets me make fun of him and that just makes me sing better so. that makes it even more fun <laughs> exactly absolutely where, where this project in the works is it released yet when is it coming out what can we expect with that? We're, I was, you know, I was talking today um, about that with, with, uh, with the label and, and we're, we're going to figure that out. Um, we're going to put out uh, another single real soon. Um, and, and then we're going to kind of get that date together and figure and figure out what all that looks like. So this is all under RBR entertainment now, correct? That's where, that's where that, you're at now. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when did I you love, put again, RBR? 
Oh, goodness. It's been, you know, it's been a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, perhaps. And then took the time to really make sure that, uh, you know, there was Bone Dry, Angeline, and then the last one, correct me if I'm right, these songs that I really um, just loved. I loved the lyrics. I loved the, they sounded like, uh, you know, maybe something that I had written, which, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I, I just wanted something that represented me well as a songwriter and a singer, of course. So, yeah. I want to talk about your music video. I know you have several, but let's talk about the one that's just so much fun to watch the trailer, the couch in the yard, the, the field. Let's talk about that. So went, um, to uh, Palm Springs and uh, it was record temperatures. I think it was 118. Oh, yes. Uh, I have filmed in Palm Springs in that temperature numerous uh, times. <laughs> it, I it am was, well aware. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, it was crazy, but I just had the best time. There was a girl there that was an actress that they had hired mm-hmm. and, and, but we became real close. So, you know, we talked a bunch and, and really got joked with her and I you know, and uh, tell her, told her I'd been through, you know, a couple of divorces. So this was going to be pretty easy for me um, to uh, be around somebody that didn't like me a lot. So the point was to like, it was like, An- Angeline, I know you, you yes. can't be mean. Right. And as so she's throwing things at you. It's a it's an incredible she, video. Yeah, she's throwing everything. So, yeah, it was just so fun. And we, we were just cracking up during takes and uh, and she was awesome. Yeah, well, it really showcased your your great personality. I mean, you have you have such a big, bright personality that is also reflected in your music, which is really fun to see for you as an artist. I mean, as an artist, you want to showcase that and you clearly just don't have any inhibitions at really showing who you are. And I think that's probably yeah. why the fans love you. What has your connection been with your fans and your followers? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting better with, you know, um, people are always like, well, when do you, you know, uh, we love your videos with your kids and with your Yuri Chapel that I'll do and yes. in a church that I'm in right now that I turned, uh, I built out of an old horse barn and, and I'll do some Yuri Chapel shows mm-hmm. and yeah. And people, you know, so I'm starting to put those out more again and be more They're attentive of that. Well, and I love it so much. Um, time is the enemy, but that's really not an excuse. And and the fact that I have such a passion and a love for it, I really enjoy interacting, putting out goofy videos, putting out relevant videos, uh, emotional videos, and and just kind of speaking my mind. And, and you know, if I you know, hopefully I don't offend, but two or three percent of the people watching, and I can live with that. But uh, yeah, just I have a really a uh, lot of fun with it, and uh, and and enjoy it a lot. Well, you're a musical family, you and your wife both. How has this passed through to the kids and what do you see ahead for them with mm. music? Oh, it's, uh, you know, I can tell you that it's it's pretty extraordinary what they can do already. They're uh, so almost 12, Aiden, and then close to seven, Gatlin. And then our girl is five and a half. Oh. And so, I mean, I can tell you that our girl has, it's just, they sing harmony together. Love so it. it's really... Uh, it's really incredible. And I'm going to start actually posting some of that stuff. I have a video and you watch, I'm going to post it. And it's of my daughter who we have uh, found out about 10 months ago has perfect pitch. So I can name any song that I want to of a of, of maybe 50 songs. I can name a song and she'll sing it and then I'll turn it on and it won't be even remotely off the, the pitch. Wow. So She's she got does it. it over and over so I, be, I have a video of her doing five of those songs randomly that my wife and I had picked. But yeah, the kids, they sing good. They're, you know, they're, they work on instruments. We leave every instrument out that, that, yes. that we can and we let them just, yes. uh, just, just try to have fun with them. So, yeah. 
Isn't that the best? I've done the same thing and I know how special that can be and watch your kids explore, learn these instruments and find their voice. It's so much fun. I'm telling you now, your daughter, she's going she's to knock you right out of the way here, I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's just, they're so good. And they're That's so far, so you know, and they, to be exposed to it like they were, I mean, I really had yes. to pull teeth to, to be exposed to it and get a guitar and learn and, mm. but, you know, to have it so freely given to them and, and to, to try to remind them daily that, hey, this is not common. This is rare to be able yes. to have access and then have the, uh, the tutelage around you musically that you have so many people in the family and friends that really know how. But, you know, it's just just remember that that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a blessing. It's really beautiful. Really beautiful. What's up ahead for you, Jimmy? What are you looking forward to up ahead? I look forward to uh, writing songs that I want to write and not writing for people I don't want to write for. Um, I've been given a little bit of that luxury. You know, I'm, I, you know, again, I hope that, you know, some people might hear that I, I Tim McGraw or this or that and go, he's not bluegrass. You know, I'm always bluegrass. I can't get it out of me. I try to give some of that bluegrass to other people. So when I write, you know, I have a really good relationship with McGraw today. So I'm able to, to send him songs. Like I sent him a song last week and he cut it today, uh, two days later. So having artists like that and right. that I can I have a relationship with that I can just write these bluegrassy country sort of sounding things and and they love them they they tend to you know so I have those artists so that doing that continuing to do that continuing to make music I love um, and um, and and I do you know again I do a lot of corporate speaking and kind of touch on relationships that you know that that a song creates and how yes. you can utilize that in your everyday life to make connections to be able to you know, feel that need not to feel alone and how important that is. So that, you know, and just not getting too stressed and keeping my blood pressure low. So. <laughs> Which is also very important. Jimmy, you're very an important. exceptional, exceptional human. And you have given so much to the music world and to your fans and those of us that follow you. I just think you're really, truly one of a kind and so glad that we got to have this conversation today. And I'm excited for your kids getting to grow up watching you model this. And thank you for bringing your story to us today. What a treat to hear the behind the scenes of how this really came together and who you really are and where can where can all of your followers find you where can we reach out to you yeah you yeah facebook uh, jimmy i'm so bad at this you i need okay. better training i need more training from you um <laughs> at yuri at yuri jimmy on instagram i'm gonna start posting more like crazy i'm gonna start getting my t i need to hire you seriously i gotta get uh, the TikTok up and going but you know you can go to facebook uh, yes. look up the yuri tap or jimmy yuri i i, I don't know i'm i'm uh, i should be uh whooped for for not uh being well, a better i follow your connected. fans your fans love you so you're doing a great well, job <laughs> and your well, music you. is incredible and this was thank just you. such a treat to be with you today thank you so much for all of your contribution to music and to bluegrass all of these years thank you amy so much thank you for listening to in the spotlight podcast for more information you can go to amyscruggsmedia.com and make sure and follow on social media at amyscruggsmedia